welcome to the Built for Playmakers podcast. I'm your host, Kelvin Hunt, editor of ChopChat.com. Hope you guys are having a great week. It's Louisville week. Man, excited about this game. Uh, Going to share some thoughts on the game coming up um, on Friday night. Uh, but before we do that, I want to go ahead and uh, thank, our, thank our sponsors, um, BetOnline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with the first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-50, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. But yeah, man, um, first of all, I want to shout out everybody that supports the podcast, man. Um, got a lot of lo- new listeners uh, last week. Um, if you haven't had a chance to subscribe or rate the podcast, uh, make sure you do that on whatever platform you listen on. I uh, really appreciate it. But yeah, man, here we are um, coming off the Louisville game or going into the Louisville game, rather, uh, coming off the LSU game. Big win. Uh, gave my thoughts on that. And a lot of people are looking at the Louisville game and, you know, they're a little nervous. Louisville came back and beat UCF last week and, um, you know, the game's uh, away. You know, it's a Friday night prime time right where you want to be if you're an FSU player, an FSU fan. Uh, 2-0 on the season, a chance to make a statement to go 3-0 on the season, first time since 2016. And, you know, seemed like seems like some fans are nervous. You know, look, we haven't been there in a while. I, I get it. Um, but as I wrote on Chop Chat earlier this week, or yesterday I think it was, uh, you know, this game is is really all about FSU. It really has nothing to do with Louisville. FSU is a more talented team across the board, uh, aside from Malik Cunningham, which, you know, he's a, he's a very good player and he's done some damage to FSU in the past. But aside from him, um, and I think the players know it. Um, when you listen to Tatum Bethune's interview, I posted that on, on Chop Chat um, this week. I mean, he's like, you know, hey, you know, we got we to gotta, you know, keep Malik in check. But other than that, FSU has the edge. And I think a lot of people are, are 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 forgetting that this FSU team this year is totally different than last year's team. And even at the end of the year last year, that FSU team is totally different than the FSU team that welcomed Louisville to Tallahassee last year. You got to remember, Mackenzie Milton started that game, one-leg quarterback who couldn't run, couldn't really throw, um, the defense had not figured out, you know, their issues yet. Obviously, um, linebacker play was an issue. Um, they didn't set the edge that well in that game. There was a lot of things going on in that game that just, you know, FSU hadn't found itself yet, and yet FSU still had an opportunity late in the game to to try to tie it at the end. Some people say. Louisville took their foot off the gas offensively. Some people say Adam Fuller made some adjustments at halftime. It's probably somewhere in the middle, like most like most things, you know. But I want to talk about the first half of that game, and then kind of talk about you know 
some things to look for in the Louisville game Friday night. When you look at last year's game, there were two major things that stood out. The first thing was uh, Louisville's starting position, their starting field position was their own like 31 or 33-yard line, something like that. FSU's own starting position was uh, like the 20 to 21-yard line. So there you're talking about 10 yards difference off off the top, right? The other major difference was Louisville on third down in the first half was 9 of 11. 9 of 11. Now here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rattle off these third downs, and I want, you, I want you to see if you can notice something. Third and 9 converted with a pass. Third and 6 converted with a pass. Third and 9, uh, it was a penalty with – unnecessary roughness that was a hit where Gant hit uh, Cunningham as he was running out of bounds it was a borderline bang bang play um, so that gave them the first down third and 13 incomplete pass uh, which they settled for a field goal there on fourth down third and four completed uh, converted with a pass third and four converted with a pass third and four converted f- with a pass third and one it was a run for 15 yards by Cunningham Third and eight, converted with a pass for eight yards. Third and three, pass for six yards. Third and seven, uh, incomplete pass. So what you, what you saw was, obviously, there was a lot of third and shorts. And basically, Louisville would run to the sticks and get a completion. First down, change move. And... And other than that, they had they had a touchdown play on the first drive for it was a 59-yard bomb. There was some miscommunication in the secondary that allowed a guy to get behind him on a post route, it looked like. Then there was a 20, 21-yard pass uh, in the in the first half. And then I think uh, Cunningham ran ran in for two touchdowns. But when you look at Cunningham's numbers overall, I mean he completed 64% of his passes, 264 yards, QBR rating is 78. Uh, he had 14 carries for 56 yards. The biggest issue was FSU on defense. Well, let me let me back up. First of all, the offense was atrocious, and that was still that was still around, around the same time you kept hearing me say the defense in this game they were they were they weren't great. Obviously, but whenever, whenever you, whenever you're a defense, you have no faith whatsoever in the um, in the offense scoring anything. That makes it difficult on defense, right? But still, FSU only had one sack and six tackles for a loss in the entire game, and I, I think most of most of that probably came in the second half. Um, I'm sorry, they had one sack five tackles for a loss. They had three passes defended and then six QB hurries. On contrast, Louisville had six sacks and 11 tackles for a loss. Six sacks, 11 tackles for a loss. Okay. Lost the game 31-28. So when I look at last year's game, I know a lot of people saying, oh, well, they beat us in 2020 and they beat us last year. And again, I want to remind you that this year's team is different than last year's team. You're not going to have a guy out there, quarterback, that can't run 
and can't throw. The offensive line is better. You got better skill position. And heck, even even though the, the O line wasn't great last year and Milton was terrible, FSU still ran for 205 yards against Louisville last year, averaged 5.7 yards per carry, and had two um, rushing touchdowns. Uh, a lot of that came on Corbin's 75 yard run, but still, 205 yards rushing. Uh, Receiving-wise, Parchment led receivers with 86 yards, five receptions, and one touchdown. Uh, Pokey had five for 44. Uh, and then it was Jason Corbin out of the backfield with four receptions for 32. So when you look at FSU going into this game, yes, yeah, on the road, but this is one of those games, and you've heard the players say it. You've heard Mike, Mike Novell say it. Um, you know, I, I'll – posted it on the Chop Chat account on Twitter earlier today. And and basically he's like, you know, momentum uh, affects those that allow it to. And so basically that's like saying, okay, look, as long as FSU players, you know, practice well this week, go into Louisville Friday night with the expectation to play well and and they play well, this this is the, this is not a game they're going to lose. It doesn't matter what Louisville does, if FSU executes the way they're supposed to on both sides of the ball, and obviously you got to throw in special teams, which we talked about special teams. Um, we, they did miss a field goal last year. Fitzgerald missed a field goal last year. Then, like I mentioned, the um, the average starting field position is a 10-yard difference between Louisville and FSU. So going into this game, you know, I feel like FSU is going to be able to run the ball. Obviously, they ran the ball um, last year well. They just didn't have anybody, a quarterback, that could do anything. You're not going to have that problem this year. Like I said, you have better skill position players, and defensively, um, one of the biggest differences between this year and last year, and I think it's going to stem a lot of that 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 third and short stuff. Well, obviously, well, first of all, I don't think Louisville is going to be able to run the ball traditionally. It's going to be kind of the same game plan, you know, that they had against LSU. You know, tr- stay true to your rush lanes. You know, don't get you know, out of your lane and allow Cunningham to beat you, uh, you know, get big gains on the ground scrambling. Um, Louisville does not have the receivers that they had last year. They lost their two top receivers to the portal. They got a couple guys from the portal. But those guys aren't anything special, in my opinion. And, and Louisville's offense hasn't looked special um, through the first two games. So basically, it goes back to what Bethune was saying. You know, if you can keep Cunningham in a pocket, make him throw the ball, uh, I think linebacker play is going to be a big difference in this game compared to last year. You know, linebackers, you know, Kalen Deloach hadn't really started to emerge yet. Um, obviously, Lundy had his limitations in coverage and things like that. You're not going to have that problem in this game with uh, Bethune and Deloach. And We'll see. We'll see what Amarion Cooper does. At this time last year, Amarion Cooper hadn't emerged yet. You know, he hadn't really saw the field. Uh, 
and um, I think they they had were just moving um, Jamie Robinson to to safety. So that whole secondary last year hadn't they hadn't really figured it out yet. You know, obviously that second half they shut out Louisville and the defense began to trend upward from that point. Um, and obviously um, they, they got better as the year went on. And, you know, if, even last year, if you just said, man, if you match up Louisville and FSU at the, you know, at the end of the year last year, uh, you know, Louisville was, you know, they'd lost like the last three out of the last four and, and FSU was training up, training up uh, with Jordan Travis as the starting quarterback. So if they had played again last year, it's probably a different game at that point. And that's even without FSU upgrading um, with on defense and offense with guys from the portal. So, you know, going into this game, it's, it's, it's pretty simple. Um, if FSU goes out there and, you know, they have success um, early on the early downs, stay out of third and long, basically, um, and, you know, Convert on your third down conversions, you know, it's third and four, third and five, 36, you know, convert those. And um, they'll be fine. I, you know, they're going to put up points on Louisville. I guess I think everybody's biggest questions are revolving around the defense. And if um, Adam Fuller can can has an answer for Scott Satterfield. And so I want to pose a couple of things to you. A lot of people point back to 2020 you know, and talk about how FSU, you know, got ran off the field, and they did. But at the same time, I, I want to remind you that, you, you know, those guys did not have an off season whatsoever. You know, it's a COVID year. They did not know the strengths and the weaknesses of those guys. They hadn't had any time in the system. So I kind of throw that game out. Last year – you know they had they had somewhat of an, you know an off season and but they were still trying to figure out you know different roles and you know where to put people and they they were dealing with some injuries also um so that's why I'm thinking this year is going to be different you you got a stout D-line um you you do you do have to worry about you know the defensive ends losing contain, you know, they, they did a few times in the LSU game, but again, you know, you've already faced a, a mobile quarterback. So you, you should be able to, to limit that. I think uh, going back to, to that game, uh, I mentioned the linebackers, you know, playing much better now compared to what you have last year. Uh, Akeem Dent and, and Jamie Robinson are two of the better safety combos uh, in the ACC. And, you know, so they're, they're, they'll be playing at a higher level in this game than they did at the time they played Louisville last year as they were still getting acclimated to their roles. Um, Renardo Green is, is solid. You know, we'll see what um, Duke Cooper gives us. But, again, going back to Louisville's offense, they don't have the players at, at wide receiver that they had last year. You know, they don't have anything special um, talent-wise that LSU had. So I think you'll see a lot of the, you know, the too high shell that, you know, keep everything underneath. Um, but that's where the linebackers are going to come into play, um, hopefully. So I, I like this matchup. Um, Louisville doesn't scare me. Um, I've, I've watched, you know, both of their games. And um, 
you know, Syracuse, that game, that Syracuse game is a little funny. I know the score was lopsided, but Louisville was in that game in the third quarter. But, you know, whenever you turn the ball over three times, that's hard to overcome. So they're not as bad as that score indicates. But from a defensive standpoint, I think FSU is going to score 30-plus. You know, the question is, you know, can they slow down that Louisville offense enough to, to get some separation? And I think they will. Um, like I said, a lot of people look at the last two years and, and, and say, you know, Satterfield has had, has had his way with Fuller. But, you know, there have been some conditions that have influenced that somewhat, especially 2020 years. So, um, again, I like FSU in this game. Um, I haven't looked lately. I know they were a point-and-a-half favorite. Um, I think it was yesterday when I looked. And the over-under was around 54-and-a-half, which implies something like a crazy score of 28-26. Uh, and, um, shoot, it might be. If you if you want to go to BetOnline.ag and put a bet in, this might be this might be one that you can you can make some money. Um, I try not to bet on FSU because you know, it's hard to remove emotion uh, and things like that. But this 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 is a game you you may wanna you may wanna take that. Um, I'm I'm I think the point total for FSU might be 28 or so. I like I, said, I, I like them to score north of north of 28. I mean they could have they could have easily scored 40 against LSU and LSU's defense is uh, it's more talented they may not they may not be uh, they may not have the continuity that Louisville has but Louisville also lost uh, one of their transfer defensive tackles uh, for the season so that that happened right before the UCF game um, so you know they'll be a little shorthanded there you know so um, oh before I get off here I just posted this on chop chat <laughs> oh man so Jarvis Brownlee, of all people, said that he has had this FSU game circled since he left Tallahassee and arrived in, in Louisville. And I posted a fan reaction post on Chop Chat. If you haven't had a chance to check it out, go check it out. Man, you guys are hilarious. I was writing that thing, and I was literally laughing. It is so funny to to to, to read some of the stuff and watch the gifts you guys came up with. That was, that was hilarious, but... I am I'm interested to see how Mike Novell is going to attack um that Louisville defense uh, in particular Brownlee. You know, Brownlee was you know he's really aggressive in uh, against the run uh but guys with size and speed he has problems with. So uh as I mentioned I think FSU will be able to run the ball um and so they'll they'll probably look to take advantage of Brownlee's aggress aggressiveness against the run. Um you know, and go over the top. You know, I tweeted last week. I was like, man, first play of the game, they need to go over the top with uh, with somebody like Span um, or, or Pokey. You know, I think Pokey has the speed to burn Brownlee also. Um, so I'm, I'm I'm interested to see if 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 Mike Novell is gonna 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 put it out there. Um, but yeah. Um, so a lot of storylines in this game. You know, Jordan Travis came from Louisville. Jerry Jackson came from Louisville. Greedy Vance came from Louisville. And how about FSU wearing the all-whites and, and putting the video out with two Louisville transfers in the video? I thought that was cool. Um, I, I like those uniforms. I'm, I'm excited that those guys get to wear them. And um, so, yeah, man, um, those are my thoughts on the game. You know, I didn't want to, you know, 
just be on here blabbing over and over and over. But I wanted to go back and look at the last couple of games and kind of see if I could bring it full circle and put it in context with what to expect maybe this year, considering the difference between this, this FSU team and what they put on the field the last couple of seasons. Um, but I will have some more content on chopchat.com. Um, you know, usually I'll, I'll write something like things to look out for. Um, I'll have probably a three or five bold, bold predictions for the game. And then I will give my final prediction uh, for the game on Friday morning, more than likely, on Chop Chat. But again, appreciate the support. Um, make sure you um, share the pod on social media. Um, it really helps me out, man. Um, it's cool to see um, new fans uh, listening to the pod and, and, and sending me, send me messages and asking questions. And, um, and it's always cool to see that and um, to see things grow organically. Um, like I said, I'm, you know, I'm just a guy, F- FSU fan that, that, that's covering the sport. And um, so if you could, again, um, support the site, uh, support the pod, um, give us a, a good rating if you felt entertained or you felt this was informative. Uh, spread the, uh, the message on social media. And uh, we'll look forward to talking to you guys after a victory Friday night. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.